This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Equity Mind! I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Welcome to another episode of Equity May. It's a podcast where we help you learn to invest in 45 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm good, Bryce. How are you? Good, good. Always pumped to be chatting about stocks. And here we are again, doing a shallow deep dive for our summer series, chatting about stocks that have been uh, recommended or suggested by our community, which was fun. We had about 180 recommendations come in over a few days and unfortunately we could not get around to 180 of them we'd be stuck in the studio for hours and hours if that were the case we have chosen 10 and today a stock that's been pretty hot and is starting to cool down a bit is nea is the ticker Nearmap is the name. But before we get to that, a few housekeeping. Yes, what do you got? Our Equity Mate shirts, hot property. They may have all gone by now, depending on when we release this. <laughs> but if you want to see if you can get lucky and get yourself one, equitymates.com slash shop. And the podcast series everyone's been waiting for, Get Started Investing with Equity Mates, is in your podcast feed now. Hopefully you've had a listen, you've had a subscribe, you've rated and reviewed it. But if you haven't, Bryce and I unpack in 12 episodes everything you need to know to get started investing. So if you're listening to these episodes and concepts are going over your head or you want something a bit more basic or if you're you know, deep into your investing journey but you think you're due for a refresher, head over there and listen to that. Absolutely. No better way to start the financially successful year that is going to be 2020 than by getting the basics right and no better way to get the basics right than with Get Started Investing. <laughs> Love that plug. Love it. Nice. So let's move across now to, to Nearmap. You know, many people may have heard of, of Nearmap. It has been a hot stock of recent times on the ASX. Has cooled off a little bit, however, as it nears the end of the year. But so what is Nearmap? Well, Nearmap provide high resolution aerial photographs to 
uh, companies such as construction, governments, architecture firms, engineering, all sorts of companies that require aerial photographs of before and after perhaps uh, on an annual subscription basis. That's their, that's their revenue model. Founded in Perth about 10 years ago and now very much on the path towards pushing into the North America market. So that's a bit of a briefing on, on what they do. Yeah. Now, not, not satellite imaging. No. It's actually, they actually fly planes and take photos. Yeah. Which I was surprised by. I don't know. I'm surprised that they can make those costs stack given there are pretty good satellites in the very in good the air. satellite. They obviously can because they make a fair bit of money. At its peak earlier this year, they were valued at $1.8 billion. So the market obviously sees something in them. They've come off a bit since then, but they're still valued at over a billion dollars. They're at about 1.23 uh, as when we record this with a share price of $2.72. So I guess maybe to frame this, well, actually, let's frame this in two separate ways. Firstly, in terms of how they made a process better. And then secondly, in terms of the use cases for their product. So historically, if you wanted aerial imagery, it was an expensive and long process. Uh, you had to find a surveying company, then they um, had to you know, go and actually take the photos, uh, stitch them all together, save them on a hard drive. Uh, it was a process that could take months and wasn't easily repeatable. But Nearmap patented a camera system and a software system that goes with it that allows the company to capture aerial photos, stitch them together and publish them online within days. So they've really simplified that process. They've lowered the cost of doing it. And basically, then they set up a subscription model for people to sign up with their software. Now, they capture images of the same place about six times per year in an urban center. So it's not like you get, you're getting daily updates, but it's better than sort of getting one photo and having to, having to then contract another plane to go and take another set of photos. Yeah. So that's probably the first bit of context in terms of how they created a better mousetrap, how they created a better way of doing something. The second thing that I think naturally comes up is who wants aerial imagery as opposed to satellite imagery. I know. <laughs> do you want to... Well, as I was uh, reading through this, something that struck out to me that I hadn't have thought, obviously you've got your construction companies and uh, mining sites and, and all that sort of stuff, but it's people who want before and after images primarily is, is a good use case. And an area of growth for them is the companies that are affected by severe weather events, such as insurance companies. And we know that climate change and, and that sort of stuff is having an increasing effect on severe weather, including fires, hurricanes, uh, cyclones in Australia, all sorts of stuff. And so the insurance industry specifically, and also, you know, rescue operators and that sort of stuff, utilize this technology to help with their um, recovery claims. You know, it's important to understand, I guess, for an insurance company, the level of destruction and that sort of stuff without having to send people to to the areas, they can now utilize this sort of technology. So uh, I don't know if you have anything else from a use case point of view, but I found, found that pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's a big one. I think you, you touched on property and mining, but it's worth just elaborating on that. It basically allows people to do desktop site visits. Yeah. Rather than getting on a plane and flying out or, you know, having to go and visit the site, they can get 
really high quality, in some cases, 3D imaging of sites that they're building or mines that they're building or something like that. So that's a big one. A few other use cases, just to give you an idea of who uses this. The solar industry is now using it to assess different customers' roof space without having to go out to site. A really interesting one is hedge funds. So in the war to get the best information as soon as possible, hedge funds have some have gone to the, the extent of tracking how many cars are in a factory's car park or how many trucks per day leave a uh, factory's, you know, car park or how a mine is being constructed whether they think it's gonna be delayed or ahead of schedule you know so this only updates six times a year these some of these photos so some of those use cases they need more sophisticated technology but there are things like that six times a year though is pretty frequent like if you're trying to track how many cars come in and out of a very true yeah and track change over time as well and then i guess the last use case i'm sure there's different government uses and different you know military uses and stuff like that or they probably have their own better satellites but anyway there may be some uses there and i think to give you the context so when i read that near map updates six times a year the natural question that fell out of that was well how much does google earth update Mm. because never really something i'd wondered but i figure satellites rip around the earth pretty quickly but apparently the average map data on Google Earth is between one and three years old. Wow. So if you compare that, you know, for people who want to do up-to-date desktop site visits of a construction site that they're building or a mine that they're building, or they want to assess a customer's roof space for solar, or they want to, you know, look at a disaster area from an insurance company perspective, three-year-old map data isn't going to cut it. But if it's something that's updating, you know, every two months, like near map, you get a much more up-to-date picture. I couldn't find anywhere because obviously they fly just coverage areas that near map unless it would be a bespoke client i guess but to update these areas six times a year they'd just be flying the same routes i didn't really get an idea of you know how much coverage of australia they actually they actually do cover so in one of their investor presentations they had details on it i think it was in australia it was about 88 percent of the population area population area yeah so uh, primarily east coast i would imagine so yeah yeah Yeah. so they they cover four geographic areas australia new zealand canada and the united states and for all of them in their investor presentations it's a similar percentage you know it's sort of 88 percent in one or 70 percent in another uh doesn't have 100 percent in any but it sort of just covers the main areas where people are and why not use drones i wonder that's a good question. Why are they pumping out flights? So, uh, maybe they can cover more area in in a period of time, but get some drones up yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> that is a really good question. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to ask them. I mean, it just seems like it's a business that is right for disruption. If you think about, yeah, like drones, like the drones that the US military have and what they can see, surely some of that technology becomes commercialized in yeah. civilian applications at some point. But who knows? Maybe Nearmap will be the ones that are able to do that the fastest. Because that means they have to empl- employ pilots. They, I want, Do they lease the planes? I'm sure they do. They probably wouldn't. What are their fuel costs yeah. like? Yeah. 
And they're not the only company that does this. I know that two of our mates, one used to like Nearmap and the other used to like Spookfish, which was another aerial imaging company. Okay. Spookfish got acquired by another company, Eagle View. So there's, you know, there's companies out there that doing a similar thing. So I imagine there's a lot of planes flying above us every day, taking photos of us. Yeah. So Ren, I'm just reading here that uh, the company flies over 72% of the US population up to three times a year. So it covers, yeah, planes. Plane mounted cameras, still no drones. Yeah. So when I said up to six, I imagine that must be Australia. Yeah. 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 There you go. No drones. Maybe that's our business. We delay releasing this episode and go buy some drones. Yeah, it's amazing. So they reckon imagery is four times clearer than free satellite imagery. Yeah, I'm still struggling to find why they... Thousands of flights a year with contracted pilots during the flyovers, the camera spins and captures all the imagery and uploads onto their map browser. Yeah, well, there you go. I think we should try and get in contact with them and ask why they don't use drones. Yeah, or if anyone from Nearmap is listening, let us know or come on the show and we'll talk about it. Oh, here we go. He says, with drones, you're only going to capture an area and it's very specific to that area. He said, Nearmap will give a broader view. So I guess it's just to do with the the camera that they're currently running. Or surely just fly the drone drone higher in the air. Or is it the (laughs) flight capacity of a drone? Like a drone can't fly that far compared to a plane. Potentially. Yeah. Again, look. Just get one of those US military drones though. Like they can bloody fly halfway around the world. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Wow. Anyway, so yeah, they're expanding into into Canada. Yes. So Canada, the US, Australia, New Zealand. Yeah, Yeah. Big markets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've spoken about its use case. If we start to talk about its financials, it made $77 million in F-19, yep. up 45% from the year before. Yep. So you'd be pretty happy with that. However, its EBIT, its earnings before interest and tax, was an $11 million loss, which was 33% worse than the year before. So its revenue is going up at a good clip, but its profit is going down. So that means its cost of doing business or there's something in there that's significantly affecting it? And I reckon what you touched on before about expanding into Canada could be... One of the reasons for that. When I was doing some research before this episode, this just really jumped out at me at the short-term nature of the market. Yeah. So we, we mentioned there it was making a loss and its losses worsened, but also its revenue was increasing. So here's two headlines next to each other on Google. The first one from August 2019, aerial bombardment, near map shares plunge as losses widen. And then two and a bit months later in November 2019, near map shares surge on US expansion. (laughs) (laughs) The first one was about the fact that they made a loss and their loss was worse. And the, the shares did fall on the back of that. But then a month and a bit later, near map either gave guidance or confirmed earlier guidance that its expected 2020 revenue was going to be between 116 million and 120 million. And all of a sudden, the fact that its earnings widened didn't matter from two months ago and uh, the stock surged. So, I mean, the media was very quick to turn around. Yeah. The market also hype driven. Yeah. But if we look at that, so if we take the lower end of that 2020 estimate, so if we say it's going to be $116 million in revenue in 2020, and we're saying it was $77 million in F-19 in 2019, then that's a 50% increase in revenue between 2019 and 2020. So, um, And that's at the lower end of its estimate. So look, revenue numbers like that get people excited and Mm. 
there's a good reason for it. It's great growth. What you would hope to see is that as that revenue number increases, the earnings number similarly starts to head back towards positive. Mm. Yeah. So obviously the model is driven by subscription. If you have a look at their group subscription growth, North America is where they're getting in percentage terms, they're getting the the biggest growth year on year. Interesting, Ren, one of their major metrics, and we kind of touched on it in a previous episode, it's more to do with their pipeline. Their annualized contract value is a ACV, is a metric that they talk about a lot here. Annualized contract value of 90 million which they say is up 36% on uh, previous year. But I guess that's them just trying to show of their subscriptions that they've got locked in, uh, you know, to the point we made before, you know, calming investors or, or at least demonstrating to them that they've got enough in the in the works or enough customers on board that that's the value going forward for their contract. If we're getting deep into the metrics, one number that did concerned me a little bit was their churn. So from a dollar value perspective, their churn actually looks better. It went from- Hang on, what's churn? uh, It's the rate at which customers are leaving the business. And so in F18, 7.5% of their contracted value left the business and that dropped to 5.3% in F19. So that looks like an improvement. Somewhere else, they split out churn in terms of customer numbers rather than customer value. And when when you look at that, it's actually their churn rate was, in terms of customer numbers, was 11% worse than the year prior. And it looks like about 9.8% of all new and existing business leaves every year 9.8 yes of new business of new plus existing so i just i took their existing number and added in their new customer number and then said what's their churn rate as a percentage of that and it was about 9.8 percent so it seems like because the the dollar value isn't going anywhere but the customer number is it looks like a lot of their lower value customers aren't seeing value in the platform and are leaving. Yeah, that's the that's the issue with a subscription based model. If you can't do one off sort of, you know what I mean. You feel like if you're locked in and you don't get value, catch you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, that that's that's not necessarily a problem. But the fact that more customers left the business this year than last year is potentially something you'd want to watch pretty closely. So, Ren, as I said, so sales team contribution ratio, never seen it before, but essentially what they're, they're showing is the effectiveness of their sales team. Yes, yes. Which is kind of a weird thing to be, to me, it's like, it's all throughout here, I've never seen it before. I think it's primarily to do with businesses that play in this contract value yep. space. Yeah. And they're trying to, I guess, show that their sales team are effective and contributing towards their contract yeah, yeah. value. So, in terms of how it's calculated, do you want to just explain that? I mean, sounds like you're all over it. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's essentially the value generated in ACV, which is contract value. Contract value. Yeah. So, the, the value generated by the sales team in terms of new contracts, essentially, divided or compared to the costs of obtaining that incremental value. value. When we first spoke about it, I would have assumed you would want a sales team to pay for itself every year. Yeah. So you'd want that ratio to be above 100%, i.e. Which it is at the moment yeah, which, for near Matt. Which is if you if you hire one salesperson at 100 grand a year, you expect them to deliver at least $101,000 in sales. 
But it turns out that we're unrealistic in You'd terms be a of hard our boss. Yes. <laughs> According to a note in Near Maps Analyst Pack, it says with a ratio of greater than thirty three percent, generally seen as effective in a SaaS, so software as a service business. And that essentially means that the business recovers the cost of uh, the customer acquisition costs from the revenues generated by that customer in a three year period. So our $100,000 a year salesperson only needs to deliver $33,000 a year in sales to be considered average. Effective, average. Uh, Do a little bit better to be effective. In the instance of Nearmap, their sales team well and above your average and delivering 106%. Yes. Get them on board if you need a sales team. I guess by that logic, like if you can sustain that ratio, you should put on infinity salespeople because they're washing their face in every year. year. Yeah. 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 So you should like every incremental salesperson you put on, I imagine would reduce the overall effectiveness because they're probably worse salespeople because otherwise you would have hired them earlier. Or and more to the point, your leads are less solid. Like you start at the most solid leads who have the most need for the product. Yeah. But like as long as you can keep it above 100% and they pay back in year, keep putting people on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Well, should uh, we have a crack at evaluation? I think it's actually got negative earnings per share, so we're not going to be able to do- Yes. And it's losses expanded year on year, so it's return on equity is bad as well. Yeah, right. So our traditional forms of having a crack at uh, valuation. Morningstar have come in yesterday. Its last close was 265, 272, sorry. It's now trading at, and its fair value came in at 262. So, again, reasonable. I just, I feel like, uh, I mean, I haven't looked at any other Morningstar things other than what you've brought in, but throughout this day that we've recorded all these episodes, I feel like Morningstar anchor to the share price. Yeah, you could probably, yeah, it's a daily, it's a daily update so like but that doesn't matter if it's daily if it's a daily update like if the val there there has to be some companies where morningstar disagree with the market they do disagree oh but like always (laughs) within within a a margin of error yeah i want to see them like 40 percent off in terms of valuation what we can do is actually go into morningstar screener and find ones that fall outside their fair range but that's unfortunately not part of this uh not any that we've yeah yeah, okay okay as long as there are those that exist uh, there are okay how about i take it as a to-do action and find some stocks (laughs) for you (laughs) good good so in terms of having a crack at evaluation did you want to say anything there Ren? no i think look if morningstar think it's in the range who are we to disagree with them (laughs) very much a growth company i think if you did want to look at comparing it you obviously can't do price to earnings. So maybe you look at something like price to sales and you compare it to some other industry players like Eagle View or Spookfish, although Spookfish probably isn't publicly traded given it was acquired. That might be a way to compare apples to apples. Nice. Circle of competence? Yeah, I think so. I've actually used, I don't know if it's near map. It may be another service to look at some solar panels before. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's imaging. It's, you know, yeah. It's, not, it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. It's plain science. Plain science. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Ren. We'll, we'll uh, leave it there and pick it up again next episode. Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. 
The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances, or goals. The host of Equity Mates Investing Podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.